Hello and welcome to Switchbacks, a travel podcast where we reflect on our year visiting all 59 U.S. national parks. Whether you're planning to visit your very first park or you bleed gray and green, we're here to share our insights on exploring, understanding, and loving America's best idea. Thanks for tuning in. Today we are sharing all about Gateway Arch National Park. If you haven't heard of it, that's because it is brand new as of February 22nd this year. It is the 60th National Park. And we were there about maybe, I think it was exactly a week after it was officially signed uh, as a national park. So we're very excited to uh, share that new national park with you all, uh, talk a little bit about the history, number one, and then the uh, name change, the controversy surrounding it, which is fascinating, and our experience and what you might want to do if you find that on your summer road trip list. So as you may have noticed already, it is just me today. Elizabeth is out running some errands, so I am recording the 60th National Park uh, episode to round out our All National Parks series because uh, we you know, have done episodes on each of the national parks that we visited during our uh, year-long adventure, and we figured it wouldn't be complete if we didn't add this 60th, so we wanted to make sure we got it to you all. I was out on the deck at my in-laws in beautiful Washington, Missouri, about to record this. Unfortunately, there were some super obnoxious crows all around, so I didn't want to subject you to that background noise. Now I am just uh, out looking through the window at the beautiful outdoors, so... uh, you might you won't get the ambient noise, but um, it is really they're in a really scenic spot in Washington, Missouri, kind of away from St. Louis, about an hour. Uh, you know, don't expect you all to know the geography or layout here, but uh, it's a nice kind of smaller town right along the Missouri River. Washington, Missouri, and where they are is a little outside of it, uh, with just a beautiful view of the rolling hills off the back deck. Uh, And, you know, when I thought whether there was ever going to be a national park in Missouri, which we definitely have, you know, mused over before, Elizabeth and I, because we love that. It's our home state. You know, we think there's a lot of beauty here. When we were wondering If we would ever get a national park to ourselves, we never thought it would be Gateway Arch National Park. Uh, That really blew us away when that was announced. We thought, oh yeah, there's some gorgeous rolling hills and Ozark Mountains down in the southern parts of the state, amazing waterways, Uh, a national park in the middle of the biggest city was not something we ever considered. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and, as I mentioned, jump right into the history of what is now our 60th national park, because you may not be familiar with it at all. So we'll get a common baseline and then uh, explore some other topics. So 
it was actually designated as a memorial back in 1935. It was Jefferson National Expansion Memorial. And this unit of the MPS, which was formerly Jefferson National Expansion Memorial Memorial until earlier this year, covers a little more than 192 acres in you know the heart of downtown St. Louis, right against the Mississippi River. And 91 of those acres are federal land, 101 non-federal land. And according to the National Park Service website, visitors can go up the 630-foot arch. They can see exhibits on American Indians, Thomas Jefferson and Lewis and Clark, and other people in the Underground Museum of Westward Expansion. So that is the arch area uh, where you can go up into that monument and also the museum underneath. You can also go down into the nearby old courthouse, which is actually uh, a little closer into the city off the river. And that old courthouse is very um, historic because it's where the enslaved Dred Scott sued for his freedom in 1846. And it was a very uh, prominent place where a lot of history took place. So that's the layout of this formerly national monument, uh, the basics. And it all came about back in the early 1930s. The U.S. was actually looking for a place to put a memorial for Thomas Jefferson. There wasn't one at the time. The Washington Monument and Lincoln Memorial were in D.C., and the Jefferson Memorial, Thomas Jefferson Memorial in D.C. had not even been thought of yet. That didn't come around until, I believe, 1943. So they were looking for a place for the memorial, and... Uh, along came this civic booster for St. Louis named Luther Eli Smith. He had, was on his way back to St. Louis from just being on the commission to build the George Rogers Clark National Historic Park in Indiana. And he came into St. Louis, noticed you know, along the river just how kind of poor of condition the riverfront is uh, along the Mississippi and he thought, why not put that memorial that people have been talking about on the actual location that was symbolic of one of Jefferson's greatest accomplishments, which was the Louisiana Purchase. Uh, so, you know, that original site that he envisioned was, yes, the first capital of the Louisiana Territory, which was gotten through the Louisiana Purchase in 1803. It was also the site of Three Flags Day, which was interesting when I actually read the history behind it, a ceremony in 1804 in which Spain formally turned over Louisiana to France, and then less than 24 hours later, France officially turned it over to the U.S., who had bought it from France, and that completed the Louisiana Purchase and cleared the way for Lewis and Clark to begin their exploration from uh, that jumping-off point. And also, if you go back even before that, the Battle of St. Louis at this location was the only battle west of the Mississippi River in the American Revolutionary War. Uh, 
So a lot of history on this one spot, very pivotal to the young nation and its westward uh, expansion. So, you know, Smith started working on this and thinking about it. Um, and it was, it's really interesting to me learning the history behind this, which despite all the times I've definitely seen the arch, uh, the f- number of times I've gone down to the arch grounds, you're always learning these really cool stories that lie at the heart of you know, those local spots right where you live. Um, so that's just a side note, but this, this whole podcast for that reason was really, or this episode was really cool for me to research. Um, and also another reason it's really cool is because I remember during our year of visiting all the 59 national parks, we constantly ran into parks where it was one person who made the difference. Uh, Minerva Hoyt in Joshua Tree, Rockefeller in um, in Grand Tetons and Acadia. Um, there is another very specific two people, I believe, two women in Great Sand Dunes. Um, these very, you know, this very small group of people, or usually an individual, just make such a big difference in creating these uh, national treasures. And in this case the Gateway Arch, the Jefferson Memorial, and now what is Gateway Arch National Park. So uh, basically, you know, Smith pushed for the um, purchase of this land to try to get the momentum behind it to build uh, this memorial for Thomas Jefferson, for the nation. Uh, in 1935, the voters of St. Louis approved a $7.5 million bond, which sounds like it must have been a lot of money back then, to buy the property. They actually got it under eminent domain, that riverfront property, at 132% of assessed valuation. So that's interesting if you, know, you have opinions on eminent domain. Um, it did end up giving us this beautiful riverfront area. Um, now, after the bond issue passed, Smith was able to persuade FDR in 1935 to make it a National Park Service unit through an executive order. So the men- momentum was really building. It was actually a National Park Ser- Service unit, um, and in this case, a national monument. Um, so it was kind of commemorating all these things that happened on the site, but they also had designs on making some big monument there. The arch had not even been uh, envisioned yet, but they knew they wanted something. So they were about to start that whole process, and then a few things happened. The Great Depression started you know, with the crash in 28, I believe, and really hurt us in 29, but it was not going anywhere by 1935. So public money to do big projects was completely dry. Uh, and then also, right after that, World War II took everybody's attention. So things didn't really start rolling until Smith orchestrated a national architectural contest in 1947. 
that was a huge contest that attracted a lot of submissions, but eventually an architect named Eero Serenin won the competition uh, with his plans for a huge catenary arch on, uh, and I don't know, don't ask me what catenary is, but that's the type of arch <laughs> on the banks of the Mississippi River, that symbol of a gateway to the West. Um, so yeah, that was his original plan. The plans were modified a little bit going forward. It ended up being a 630 foot um, high and wide arch. So that was completed. There's a whole story of history that's way too long to go into uh, with how it was completed. It's you know, it took a ton of effort behind it, ton of you know labor, uh, coordination. Um, really interesting. It also interesting to kind of look into how they decided to move people up into the arch because that was always a big feature of it that people could go up to the very top and they didn't know how to do that at first but they settled on a tram inside eventually uh, and you know so they they made the arch and it was great for a lot of years um, and it, that also was the main not just um, center point of Jefferson National Expansion Memorial, but the whole uh, iconic landmark of St. Louis. So, you know, known worldwide. So, fast forward to just three years ago. Um, or actually, no, it was a little sooner than that. The city of St. Louis and some private um, groups got together and planned a renovation of the park, uh, the expansion memorial. And they wanted to do a lot of different things to really spruce it up for the 50th anniversary in 2015 because it was completed in 65. They wanted to make some improvements. Um, so that included a bunch of different things like a new outdoor amphitheater, more like gardens and green space, trees, um, but the biggest, most notable thing, well, two things, were a whole reworking of the arch entrance and a new museum underneath the arch, also a greenway that spanned from that old courthouse that I mentioned, that is the other site of the expansion memorial, that connects it to the arch, because you would probably have no reason to know this, but in St. Louis, with just being in the middle of the city, there's a big um, interstate that cuts off one from the other. Obviously very hard to cross. So what they wanted to do was um, really connect the two with a greenway um, and make it one continuous park. So that was a huge project. It actually cost $380 million, uh, and it was funded both privately and publicly. Public funding totaled $159 million, and private groups raised the $221 million extra. Uh, I've heard that it is the largest single project in the National Park Service, so that is 
astounding, but with that type of figure, I'm not surprised. Um, so it was originally planned for completion in 2015. They actually, you know, you know how projects go, especially if it's at all related to cities and governments and lots of different people playing in the same sandbox. Uh, it wasn't, it's not going to be completed until actually two months from now, one and a half months from now, July 4th, 2018. So um, that is the big renovation that they've made. And that actually leads us into where um, this, you know, believe it or not, that new project leads us into why we're talking about this as a national park. And our second topic of the pot of the episode, which is the name change. So as I mentioned, the name was originally Jefferson National Expansion Memorial. It was a national memorial and it was changed in February uh, 22nd, 2018 to Gateway Arch National Park. So two things changed there. It was changed to Gateway Arch and it was changed to a national park. And both of these are very controversial changes when it comes to national park naming, if you're into that sort of controversy. Um, so how did that happen? Basically, the timing of the name change and this new huge project being completed is n- not coincidental. Um, the, you know, they... There's a lot of money pouring into this new renovation, and with all of that funding, um, you know, you can imagine how it's um, not surprising that those funders wanted a little more recognition for their huge project. Right or wrong, that's how it is. So they wanted to mark this renovation in a way that would really last and put an exclamation mark on it. Um, so they said the, you know, a few tidbits from all the articles I've been reading said this new name, quote, will best reflect the magnificent renovations and visitor experience we will unveil in a few months. So that's really tying the new name, as you can see, to those new renovations that they're unveiling. Um, and then Another, you know, goal that the superintendent mentioned was better communicating to the public the Gateway Arches status as a national park. Um, because lots of people didn't realize it. Lots of people did, uh, you know, being a native St. Louisan, I know that very few of my friends know that the Arch is actually a national park. Um because you just see it. It's, it's arch. It's a part of the skyline. And, you know, it's almost, it's just part of the city. It's an icon. What would St. Louis be without the arch? So you don't realize that it's actually a very um, meaningful and historic memorial tied to Thomas Jefferson, actually. Um, so back up real quick, just cover, covering my bases here. The um, legislation 
to change the park's name was kind of, I imagine, um, pr- like pushed by these you know, civic groups who wanted the exclamation mark on the renovations to our, in Missouri, our um, legislators. And this bill was brought up by, uh, let's see, Senators Roy Blunt and Claire McCaskill, so both Democrat and Republican in Missouri, and in the House, Representatives William Lacey Clay and Ann Wagner and Blaine Luke Kamire, Lute Kamire. Uh, so again, those are Republicans and Democrats. It's interesting that national, that the establishing, or in this case, changing the names of national parks is something that can be bipartisan. When it comes to funding national parks and maintaining them, that might be a different story. But everybody loves to get in on the highly publicized um, glory of uh, and economic impact of creating or renaming a park. Anyway, so it was brought up, uh, introduced in the U.S. Senate last summer. It was passed in by the Senate December 21st, 2017, by the U.S. House of Representatives on February 7th, 2018, signed by Trump, uh, President Trump, into law on February 22nd, 2018. So a pretty fast track for legislation as these things go. Um, So I'm going to break it down into two parts here. First, let's talk about the change to Gateway Arch from Jefferson Expansion Memorial, and then we'll get to the change to a national park. So Gateway Arch, changing the name to Gateway Arch is interesting because it, um, you know, according to the superintendent, Gateway Arch National Park helps visitors connect the arch to the National Park Service. The mission of the park, quote, remains the same, uh, regardless of the park's name, and the stories of Thomas Jefferson and his vision of westward expansion are woven throughout the new museum at the Gateway Arch, which celebrates its grand opening on July 3rd, while Dred Scott and his freedom suit are showcased at the old courthouse, end quote. So, there's a good argument to change the name to Gateway Arch National Park to help locals and visitors alike connect the arch to the NPS. You know, that's not a bad thing at all. Um, now, an c- interesting counterpoint of that is that the um, name Jefferson National Expansion Memorial was, um, well, okay, no, this this actually continues Ward's previous, you know, uh, uh, advocacy for the name change. The name Jefferson National Expansion Memorial was established long before the Gateway Arch was invented uh, and has simply never been adopted by our millions of visitors, says Ward. Uh, he, uh, we hope the new name will best reflect the magnificent renovations and visitor experience, as I mentioned earlier, uh, end quote. So basically that is one of the um, big reasons to go with the new Gateway Arch National Park name. On the flip side now, changing it from Jefferson National Expansion Memorial in the view of some people, including many of the rangers, 
takes away from the history of the park. Um, it really emphasizes or reinforces the misconception that the national park is only all about the arch, where in reality, there's a whole other half of the old courthouse. The two work together. But calling it Gateway Arch National Park, you can see how people would only realize the arch as the park. So um, that's concerning for some people, especially some of the rangers that really want people to appreciate the full breadth of the National Monument and or of the, this park site. Uh, I talked to one person you know, on the phone who, who said that very same thing. She was just not very excited because she is always, she likes being asked, why is it Jefferson National Expansion Memorial? Because she then gets to explain, well, it's actually, you know, here's the arch part, but there's a whole different old courthouse part, and this whole area of the city has so many different pieces besides the huge landmark of the arch you see. So she liked being able to explain that. Um, and also, y- you think about it, it's really, the arch has really transcended its original purpose as a memorial to Thomas Jefferson. So, um, you know, th- he... The arch has just been so ingrained as its own monument, you lose the focus that it had a very specific purpose behind it to honor Jefferson and his accomplishment of westward expansion. Um, So changing the name to Gateway Arch National Park really reinforces that as well. Uh, And, you know, it, it... it takes the focus away from something that you're honoring and puts it on something you created to honor something. So it's like, it's, you know, perhaps taking it away from its original intention. Um, So different opinions on that. That is actually not the most controversial piece of the name change, though, uh, because when it was changed to a national park instead of a national expansion memorial, people were scratching their heads, and it caught a lot of people, including me, for sure, by surprise. So let's get into that, the change from the national expansion memorial to one of just 60 national parks. Um, so there are only about 14% of NPS units that are national parks, 417 NPS units, 60 national parks. The rest of the 417 are divided among 17 other, um, you might get a few more other designations, whether that's national recreation area, national, um, Memorial, National Monument, National Preserve, all of those designations, National Seashore. You can call an NPS unit a lot of different things, but according to the NPS nomenclature on their website, generally, quote, generally, a national park contains a variety of resources and encompasses large land or water areas to help provide adequate protection of 
the resources. So you can see, based on that description, the Gateway Arch National Park is really an odd duck. It is just 191 acres. It is um, really not, it's, it's focused on entirely man-made things. Uh, even the green space there is all man-made park area. It does have a view of the Mississippi River, but you know, as much as I hate to admit it, it's not a super scenic view of into the St. Louis side. It's just a very commercial waterway. Um, so it, it doesn't really evoke a lot of the same feelings that you think of when you think National Park and the likes of you know, Grand Canyon, Yosemite, Yellowstone. Uh, driving home this point is the fact that before Gateway Arch National Park was added, there were four national parks less than 30,000 acres. Pinnacles National Park, which was the newest until um, Gateway Arch, in, uh, created in 2013, had 27,000 acres. Congaree National Park, the second newest, was 26,000 acres. Virgin Islands, on the island of St. John was 15,000 or is 15,000 and Hot Springs National Park in Arkansas is the baby, was the baby, at 5,500 acres. So now we have a national park that is, I said 191 acres earlier, I believe it's actually 192, again, including both federal and non-federal lands. So this gets a lot of reaction from people, especially uh, people who love the national parks, who love the national parks they grew up with, and you know, you can go on to a few of the articles if you're interested that I'll try to link in the show notes and read the comments, and you'll get a lot of people thinking that this is pretty ridiculous. Um, it Some people even say that it devalues the brand of the national parks and you know, should absolutely never have happened. Um, so, you know... I would say that on that point, the National Park Service actually agreed with you. Uh, it was really interesting to read back through the timeline of events um, and see that when this bill to make the name change was introduced, it was um, it, in into the Senate, it had the chance to be... Uh, the acting National Park Service, or the acting deputy director of the National Park Service, Robert Vogel, had the chance to comment on this uh, name change in front of the National Park Subcommittee that was considering this name change. And he said, quote, the Department of Interior supports renaming the Jefferson National Expansion Memorial to highlight its iconic feature, Gateway Arch. 
However, we recommend designating the site as a national monument to be known as Gateway Arch National Monument, rather than a national park, in order to be more consistent with National Park Service naming conventions. He went on, the National Park Service strives to provide consistency in the naming of units to better align with the standard nomenclature for units of the National Park System. We recommend that Congress redesignate the unit as Gateway Arch National Monument. National parks contain a variety of resources and encompass large land or water areas to help provide adequate protection of resources. The existing 59 designated national parks protect at a minimum thousands of acres each and some span millions of acres. At only 91 federal acres, we believe that the Jefferson National Expansion Memorial is too small and limited in the range of resources the site protects and interprets to be called a national park. Since it is similar since it is a site similar to the Statue of Liberty National Monument in its iconic status and small land area, we believe that a f more fitting name for the Jefferson National Expansion Memorial would be Gateway Arch National Monument. So, very interesting to hear from the acting deputy director of the NPS, they really do not want this to be called a national park, can't say I'm surprised. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of other more emotional uh, rebuttals or, or comments in opposition from, you know, the peanut gallery uh, around the U.S., but I'll you know, just leave it with that, um, you know, the actual director himself. So, um, you know, it is does really beg the question then, how did this happen? Why did this happen? Um, in the past, uh, well, first of all, there's no statute, um, and this is a quote from the NPS, there, there's no statute that sets out and defines all the designations, and Congress has discretion in choosing the type of designation for a unit being established. So that's how it happened, despite Mr. Vogel's opposition, is that it's not up to him, it's up to Congress. He, you know, the Congress passes the law, and they can put in the law whatever they write in the law. Uh, so th that is one thing. There's no set concrete definitions for a designation. Um, the, the why behind it, so that's the how, the why is a little harder to determine. Uh, recently, there have been several other name upgrades that, um, you know, I mentioned Pinnacles, for instance, that have been focused on bringing more recognition and visitors to the protected area. Um, also, this, of course, allows for local economic benefits, which politicians love to, pr love to provide. Um, now, it's questionable whether this was the goal in mind for Gateway Arch National Park because people go to the arch already um, and they'll visit no matter what it's called. 
it's the icon of St. Louis. It's the number one attraction in St. Louis. It uh, got 1.4 million visitors just recorded through Jefferson Expansion Memorial in 2017. So I'm guessing many more visited the Arch Grounds, actually. Um, Now, so maybe it is... Maybe there's a small element to local economic benefits. I'd be surprised if that was everything. Um, you know, I think the the most convincing theory I've heard was, well, just kind of putting the pieces together, that it is connected to this renovation. They do want to make a statement with the renovation, renaming it, not just Gateway Arch, but Gateway Arch National Park. Um, also, I'm just wondering if, um, you know, politically, McCaskill is up for, so the two senators from Missouri, uh, one of them, Claire McCaskill, a Democrat, is up for re-election this year. So she would want something like this, this type of win, on her conservation record uh, in one of her stronghold areas of St. Louis. Um, so maybe a political play there. Also, on the Republican side, Republicans and Trump, I'm sure, want to get uh, a nominal conservation win, what might be able to be seen as creating a new national park. Uh, and this is just um, pure guesswork on my part, but I can see how they wouldn't want to oppose it. I'll put it that way. So you bring up making this new national park, um, you know, people in the rest of the Senate and President Trump himself probably don't really care either way, Uh, but what they don't want, especially with all of the other controversy around, you know, reducing the size of Bears Ears and Grand Escalante National Monuments, all of that, um, people thinking that they are attacking attacking federally protected lands, Um, what they don't want, I'm sure, is to perpetuate that... um, that view get people more riled up and also they probably want a quick and easy win of creating another national park. Again, just my guesswork on the political motivation behind it. Um, Also, I think it's very likely that the people, the legislators really don't realize, you know, how big a deal adding another national park is to some people. And maybe, you know, because we're in this world of a whole podcast on national parks, it's a way bigger deal to us and our echo chamber of um, friends and online contacts. Uh, So, you know, obviously it's going to be a big deal to us. Maybe people in Congress really could uh, care less or they just don't realize the full difference between a national park and a national monument and all of the other designations. So, you know, it's, it's up for debate still, I think, why it happened. There is no language on rationale 
in the bill or now the law itself. Um, so yeah, it, you'll have to make your own call there. But overall, I do think it is fascinating. Um, for such a small thing, it really causes a lot of stir. Uh, because in some sense, I think people are right that the national parks are such a big brand, uh, a huge tourist attraction. They are the best of what the country has to offer in many people's opinions, including ours. And when you designate something like Gateway Arch a national park, as much as I love it, being a St. Louis native, um, it just is not the same for very obvious reasons. You know, it's 192 acres. It's completely in a... um, urban environment, even Hot Springs, which is considered an urban national park, has a number of trails around it. Um, so I'll let you all you know, voice your own opinions, and please uh, feel free to comment on the blog or uh, you know, look up the resources that we're going to include in the show notes or leave us a voicemail. We'd love to hear what you think. But that's enough on all of that um, history, controversy. Hopefully I didn't put too many people to sleep. As I've said, and as you can probably tell, I think it's fascinating. (laughs) I know not everybody is of that opinion, um, but those that aren't probably tuned out a long time ago. So now we can get to our third section, which is the actual visit to the park. Uh, We've been down to the Gateway Arch National Park a bunch of times, uh, lived in St. Louis for the majority of our lives, so we were very familiar with it. It's right down uh, in the downtown area, only a few uh, blocks, maybe two blocks from Bush Stadium, where the Cardinals play. And um, I've already mentioned most of the things that it has available to visit. So number one, closest into the center of downtown is the old courthouse. And then you can cross the new greenway and explore some of the gateway arch grounds because there is a pretty big green area with a bunch of trees and some paths and outdoor exhibits and things so you can make your way and explore the arch grounds and then you get to the base of the arch itself and underneath that is a really cool museum that is just being reopened uh, this summer all about westward expansion and whatnot um by the way, I shortchanged the old courthouse a little bit. It has a bunch of really interesting information as well on the cases that took place there. I've mentioned the most famous, the Dred Scott case. It's also just a beautiful building with a gorgeous dome and paintings around the top of the dome. You can climb up there a bit. So don't miss that if you go visit. Um, go through the arch grounds, then get to the museum and then uh, after you've gotten your fill of education and history, you can climb the arch itself. 
you get go into the basement area, load into one of those small tram cars, and get tugged up the side of the arch um, until you're at the very top, 630 feet up, uh, and you can look through these little skinny windows all along the topmost curve portion of the arch, um, both looking towards the river and Illinois, and then the obviously much more developed cityscape of St. Louis, including the old courthouse below, the arch grounds, and then on through the central corridor of St. Louis. So really gorgeous um, views from up there. Take your time as much as you want. You don't have set times. You have to come and go. You just get on the tram and stay as long as you want up there. Catch whichever one down. Uh, as I mentioned, we did it the week after. We um, It was designated a national park, and it was only the second time for both of us that we'd been up in the arch. So it was just kind of a spur-of-the-moment thing to actually go up there and really glad we did because it's just really cool to see the city from such a great vantage point um and yeah you know that's we we walked around we got some great pictures at the base uh it's right by the the river you know so there's nothing between the arch and the river so that's nice as well and um you know, besides that one visit, I mentioned we've been there before. We actually went, uh, my probably most memorable time was when we watched the eclipse from the Arch Grounds. And that was just a really interesting spot, too. It was lots of people gathered there because everybody came out from the office buildings all around, spilled onto the Greenway, and it was um, just a a great, you know, kind of city-wide event. So they have, it's, it's obviously a very urban park, very integrated into the community, so you might be able to take advantage of other events while, they're, while you're there. Uh, I would definitely, if you're making a trip to Gateway Arch this uh, summer, give a plug to the, the Cardinals, catch a game at Bush Stadium, go to... Uh, downtown, you know, restaurants and all of that. The City Museum is a place that's incredibly uh, unique as a basically adult playground. And then, you know, there's the the symphony, the um, really interesting museums like the Blues uh, National Blues Museum, the National Chess Museum. I think it's the National Bowling Museum as well. So random stuff. Um, and as you go away from downtown, you can get to the Forest Park area as well, the second biggest park, uh, urban park besides Central Park in New York. I uh, have to say it's amazing. There's a free art museum, a free zoo, world-class stuff, a free history museum too, uh, free science center. Um, if you are needing to go on a budget vacation, St. Louis is the place to be. Um, I'll say that much. Anyway, <laughs> I should probably stop uh, plugging St. Louis now and get back to the arch. Uh, but really, that's that's all I, I had to share. Um, it's 
you know, whether you agree or not, the fact is that it's a national park. It's a very historic area, and it is, you know, one that is worth a visit. Um, is it going to draw as many people as a place like Yellowstone? Obviously not, nor should it, but the NPS um, protects so many different areas uh, and uh, so many different diverse areas, big and small, uh, historic and natural. I think that you know we shouldn't lose sight that this is one of those very important areas and it is um, you know, worth a visit. So with that, thanks for checking us out today, everybody. We'll be back soon with more inspiration, uh, national parks and otherwise. Uh, and actually, soon is relative because you know, this is one of the parks or one of the last episodes before we take a break for the summer. We're going to be traveling and not able to be releasing episodes, but good news for you all is that us traveling means we're just getting more and more material to share. So we're very excited about that, excited for our huge trip, which we've explained uh, and and raved about in a previous podcast. So... Um, as this airs, we are on that right now. Um, so playing a little loose with time. Uh, hope I'm not giving you whiplash. But uh, if you enjoyed the podcast, we'd love for you to share us with a friend, give us a rating on iTunes or SoundCloud, or find us on social media at Switchback Kids. Again, you might not see anything for a while because we're doing a media blackout while we're traveling this summer. Um, but while we're gone, you can always get additional National Parks videos, posts, guides, and more from our All 59 trip on our blog at switchbackkids.com. Switchbacks out. Switchbacks out.